Joe presents Liquid Football, sponsored by Paddy Power. Hello and welcome to Liquid Football, a new show on Joe, together with Paddy Power, that's going to take you inside the dressing room and put you in the shoes or the boots of the players. At least that's the plan. Joining me today, uh, Steve Sidwell, former midfielder for Brighton, Chelsea... Yeah. Fulham, keep going. Go on, is it? <laughs> stop me, when, stop me when you're ready. <laughs> and John Walters, who played 56 times for the Republic of Ireland, well over 200 times for Stoke, amongst other things as well. But John, first pre-season that you haven't been a professional footballer. What have you been up to? Have you been really living it? It's all right, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I've not missed a run in the play that now. Um, I've been in Portugal uh, a couple of times, saw Peter Crouch there. So the big man, a nice beer, riding round in a golf buggy Hummer round Quinta de Lago Street. Oh, buggy Hummer! Wow, wow. <laughs> I didn't even know they made them. I bumped into him uh, on one morning with my little boy. My little boy's obsessed with him. Yeah, and I bumped into him, and uh, he said, "Come and have a look at the car we've got." I've gone to the car park, and there's a Hummer golf buggy. Pimped out golf buggy. Pimped out golf buggy. He's <laughs> riding round but, uh, I was, no. was going to ask you if you were missing it because what you've actually done on on your holiday is go back into a football environment, isn't it? To be fair, it's, uh, I've, not mi- it's, uh, I've not missed it one bit. No running, no, nothing like that. I go to the gym five or six times a week anyway. But uh, He was always good in the running. He was at yeah, the, he was at the front. Yeah. I've I'm 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 always been good at that. So I'm but I've, n- I've never understood that, because you've had a year now, Steve, haven't yeah. you, to kind of get, get your head around it. But I never understood why you'd, you'd be forced to keep fit every day and have to watch what you eat. Why you wouldn't just... At the well, end of your career, well, go. Do you know I'm what? Just I'm just going to a little bit. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't say you both look like you work out because that's sliding into dodgy territory. But <laughs> no, you, you players now keep themselves fit, don't they? But the temptation to just go, I'm just going to do everything that I couldn't do when I was playing must be yeah, great. Yeah, I, I, I think it's just ingrained in you. You've done it for so long since you left school. So obviously we've had, had what 20 year careers, and you, I think it's just habits now of just you know i know the the temptation is there to indulge and especially when you go away on holiday have a few beers and a, a, a bottle ruffles. of wine yeah ham and ruffles <laughs> as we spoke about uh but it's just the the uh the get up and go to as well you know just to, to go out work out whether it's going to be a run or a bit of the gym you know it's, it's keep healthy as well is it the routine is that maybe what you miss more than i mean you obviously there's going to be parts of it when you're pushing yourself to the edge that you don't miss but the routine the pattern of your life when you're a player you get everything handed on the plate you just go in everything's done especially the higher up you go lower leagues it's not so much but the higher up you go everything's done for you so it's easy so you go in you just drive in you don't have to think about your kit what food you get and anything like that I know it sounds something simple but I think that's the biggest thing players miss is having that every single day of doing it yeah but then you talk about just letting yourself go when you finish. I think the Harry's Heroes was on a while ago, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, and my missus was looking at me thinking, <laughs> <laughs> I think Neil Rudder came on and was like, don't you dare. <laughs> there's, all, there's all that kind of influence that, that comes into it as well. Though. Yeah, um, the, the, the thing with me is, and I spoke to a few players as well, uh, the, the bits that I miss is, you know, we used to travel back from a, a long sort of an evening game and you get back into bed at one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, the aches and pains or the next morning. That, that's the bit I miss. What, the aches and pains? Yeah, the aches and pains, that the, 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 either the pre-season runs where, you know, you're thinking you can't do another 10 as it was back in the day, but you do them and then you feel good after. Them sort of weird feelings, they're the ones that I miss. Sounds pretty strange, but a lot of footballers do miss that as well. Yeah. You're, you're still on the, the pitch though, aren't you, coaching? So it's yeah. not too bad. So you can get yourself, get your boots on. Yeah. Stuff like that. And the past couple of years I had at Burnley, especially the past year, I was literally every single day in the gym on, on my own. 
just like no one, not on the pitch, and near the end I was running on the pitch. So just, I was getting different aches and pains. I started settling competitions for myself on my own. So I was up to about two or three hundred pull-ups a day with the ski, (laughs) and I was just doing ski (laughs) machines, arm bikes, everything I could think of that wouldn't hurt my leg. And uh, so I've just carried on that during during now. So I'm like in a different way, just keep myself going in it. But like you said, when you were going into to pre-season training, you were always near the top of the stats. So you'd have been all right with what Romelu Lukaku did when he posted <laughs> all the training stats on, online. When it was to make a point about himself and his own fitness and, and speed. But would, I mean, okay, if he did well, you'd probably feel all right about it. But would you be, would you be happy if, if that kind of information was out there? Well, he said that he's got, he got took down very mm. quickly because the players were unhappy. But I'd say it was more down to the sports science yeah. department that have said listen we can't have that kind of information leaked out but it, it was quite surprising I mean I, I, I watched and I paused it a few times to see where that list was and yeah. there was a few big names that was down the wrong end that's for sure the thing with the stats are right and it came, it came up at Stoke because they had a thing of training right and some people weren't doing it so they used to put the stats up and then it got taken mm. down after about <laughs> a couple of weeks because people were saying hang on a minute and he's playing every week but he's at the bottom of the list he's not training right but it didn't really change but the stats so that what he put up, it was speed, wasn't it? And he put himself. Yeah. He was second, so that could be from a, a Friday. So a Friday session, day four game, you don't do a lot. You don't get up to that top speed. So we could have put a session up where I've seen it in, especially in the island camps. Used to used to be a couple of lads that were obsessed with how fast they were, and uh, they'd put the stat up, stats up, and he'd be like, oh, "Yeah, the quickest," and this that, and the other, and he'd be like rubbing it in the other lads' faces, and then, but he wouldn't be playing. And then mm. the other lads in a game will be hang on, I'm playing every game, that's what I'm doing. But you'll see people in training then where the ball goes off for a corner or something, they sprint up to it and say, hang on a minute, what are you doing? He's but deliberately to get that stat up. But there's always someone in, in pre, not just with the stats, there's always a player in, in pre-season. If fans are watching pre-season matches, there's always a player who goes and scores like a load of goals in pre-season and then doesn't feature when the mm. start of the season comes around. Do players notice that? Do you think, well, hang on, he's... You know, you've got the big name who's not really done it in, in pre-season, but they, they guarantee the start. And then there might be somebody who looks like they're putting everything in. Their stats might be great. They might be scoring goals in pre-season, but they're just not not getting the opportunity. Or do, do you know the difference? Yeah, it all comes down to the individual. I mean, when, when I was at Chelsea, Didier Drogba was obviously, we know what a player he was. But Monday to Friday, he didn't really do a lot in training. But the lads accepted it because they knew when it comes to game day on a Saturday, he'd go out and win you the game. Um, and he saved his energy, saved his legs for that. Obviously, he knows in, well, in one aspect that he doesn't have to train probably full tilt Monday to Friday because he's going to be one of the first names on the team sheet anyway, whereas the other players are that are on the fringe thinking, I need to train 100% to get in the starting lineup. But he was one of the main players that, that came out straight away that from Monday to Friday you wouldn't really see, but on a, on a Saturday then phew, just set the world alight. But you get the opposite with the wee lads that are unbelievable in training. But then when it comes to the weekend, oh, yeah. they go missing. Yeah, hide and, and seek champions. Hide and seek <laughs> <laughs> champions, we used to say. But they, they, they go missing on a Saturday. And whether it be, whether it be come the big occasion, they just don't fancy it or crumble yeah. when, when the pressure's on. It's similar in pre-season. You get players that are flying. And then when it comes to when something actually matters, that's when it counts. Mm. And it doesn't, pre-season's just basically just getting yourself fit as long as you get through it injury-free. Yeah. And you start that season, you could play four or five pre-season games and nothing is exactly the same as when you play that first game, there's different aches and pains. Yeah, yeah. And no matter what, first 10 minutes, you're gone, legs are gone, you're breathing, no matter how many pre-season games you play. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd want to play well 
pre-seasons you get a few good games like personal games under your belt to go yeah I feel good actually I'm in the right place whereas sometimes I've done a pre-season I've gone still not feeling as sharp because every pre-season is different at every football club I mean right now at Brighton for instance we've got a new manager so it's a whole new regime Mm. so they're doing a more periodisation one which is much more rest in terms of sort of rest is rest is key um, compared to what they've been used to, to before so there have been times where they probably want to do more but they've been told no you just need to pull the handbrake up a little bit because we're not getting fit for the start of the season we're getting fit for Christmas the back end of the season so it's all different at different clubs yeah did you do the one at so you would have came under Mark Hughes at Stoke yeah it was very so that, it's the same yeah. as that, the, so that was exactly the, it's the same not, it's not a hard pre-season no, really there's no much so literally the hardest run you do is probably the, the, the first the sprints, day quite yeah. easy yeah. it's quite easy everything small side of games where you get every, as you said, every club's different, and the Tony Pulis one was like mm. completely different. Yeah, I could imagine. A few hills in Austria, and like the hills were like that. And then, <laughs> then the next, you do ten sets, and then you'd have to bike ten sets, but you could walk quicker than going up on a bike. Like it was, it's Jermaine Penning got off the bike and picked the bike up carried on his shoulder, it, yeah. and, carried it <laughs> <laughs> and he was going past people that was. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to buy into it. That's the thing. If you change a manager, you've got to buy into their their different approach. There might be one who says, "I want you, uh, you know, I want you to be working hard. I want to be like a Tony Pulis manager who's going to absolutely make sure that you're you're dying on it's the preseason." Mental toughness as well. Yeah. Preseason mental getting getting through it mentally uh, for the tougher ones is is the biggest thing for me. And injury free, if you can get through mentally and injury free, then you're ready for the season. Really, yeah. And a lot of it has changed in terms of it's very in, individualized now. You know, back in the day, it'd be a, a, the whole group would do a certain run whereas now the strikers do explosive runs because that's more suited to their games um, and then and the individual I mean again every club's different but you go in at Brighton for instance we had to do urine uh, samples in the morning to see if we was hydrated or dehydrated we had to do a stretch test um, and all these scores were added up to see if he was fatigued and if he was fatigued you wouldn't train as much as X, Y, and Z. So it's very tailored now to the individual as much as the group. And there's the football side of it, and then there's everything else that goes into pre-season, even down... You have the media days now where you have to go and stand in front of the green screen and... (laughs) Give us your game face then. What, well, you when you have to, have to, you go have to hold and, the badge, kiss the badge, kiss the badge, and, uh, and uh, act no. like, you've, like you've scored a goal. Yeah. And do, I mean, there's some lads that love them. There's some <laughs> lads that love those days. Love doing a little dance. Yeah, but the worst one was they used to say to you, "Right, can you do a little dance for us?" But there's no music, <laughs> and it's just dead quiet in there. So you try to do it's like a silent disco. You're like, but there's no music. Oh you try God. and dance, and there's no beat that you can get to. But now if they play play music in the background that the lads can actually get right into, and some of them. They go proper deep, don't yeah. they, now? <laughs> How long are you in there for? You want to get first to the queue, because if you don't get first to the queue, you're waiting all day. So you've got to go in in the morning. You know which day it is. And if you can get in first in the morning, you can, you can go right through it. But and no one else is in there watching no one you else as well. There, yeah. <laughs> but if you don't, you have to leave till after training, and then it's like a two-hour two wait, three-hour wait. Yeah. And there's all sorts you've got to do, and then they're getting the last ones, and people are getting blue paint poured over them. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but you know then... They have the bigger to players in the team as well. You know who the ones who fancy. Yeah, that uh, they all get the better ones. Oh, so they get they, they get, get asked the to do ones. more. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, well, yeah. yeah. A friend of mine has worked on on one of those things, and she was saying that trying to explain it to the newly promoted sides, particularly those who've been in the Premier League maybe a few years ago, can't go. That's fine. It's like a couple of minutes for each of the players, and then we're done. And they're like, no, uh, no, yeah. <laughs> not now. Yeah, we we had um, when obviously I finished my career at Brighton. 
we used to have a, a day, literally the first day back, it would be, you'd, you'd have stations to go around, obviously one would be all the, the TV outlets that would be done, and then it would be, right, you need to have your, your teeth checked, uh, so that the den- dentist would be in, because a lot of... A few lads are struggling with yeah, that Yeah, so a lot of, there was, there was a few people in there longer than there was in, on the TV ones, but there's a lot of injuries related to your teeth, a lot, especially with back and hamstring. So there was uh, people having their eyes tested. Then obviously you had the stretch tested, and all these tests was done in case obviously if you got injured, there was a benchmark for when you done your rehab that you come back that your, your stretches or your your lunges was exactly the same. So, um, but that was that was that took up the, up the whole day as well. And you literally it was, it was a timetable from like a slot to like this. People were jumping in in front yeah. of others. No, he's in there uh, before me. They're the pointless tests. There you come in. That's a first day normally. You go in. Yeah. And they had it. You go in and you do like this star test. So you got to do a single leg squat and touch your leg all the way around. And you got to do the stretch test, then a jumping test, then a lunge test and then all these tests it's a benchmark but you never do them again during the course <laughs> no. of the season no you don't and they never look back over them so for sports scientists yeah. and they, they, they come in that, that mm. was the I hated that it was like you go in and do it pointless for me I know it was a benchmark for, for injuries but they all said well we don't we don't look over them or do them again. No. So yeah, the teeth thing when you were saying about the injuries that was one of Arsene Wenger's big things, and I think some of the senior players were quite sceptical about it when they when he first brought it in. But we'll talk about new managers coming in, and we'll talk about new players coming in. This is Liquid Football, a new show on Joe together with Paddy Power. I'm Kelly Cates, and I'm here with Steve Sidwell and John Walters. A reminder that the behemoth returned last night. House of Rugby is back for a second season with James Haskell and Alex Payne. They're the only place that you can hear the word behemoth across the whole of Joe. Uh, they discuss the etiquette of offering out one of your teammates on the training ground. Is there much of that in football? <laughs> Is there much actual, like, I mean, I know there'll, there'll be times when players come to blow, but the idea that you can go and just go, yeah, right, we'll go and sort this out another time then. There's been a lot. Well, where do we Goes start? On, doesn't it? <laughs> there's, there's, there's lots. There's lots, but I think the best thing about it now is it is literally squashed. That later on that day, I mean, I've had it personally uh, when I was at Reading. Me, and which, Nicky, which side? Well, I was. I, I was. Uh, it was. It was me and Nicky Shorey. It was in a training game. Uh, I, I had a little five-a-side going. Our team was winning. The Olays were starting. The ball was come to me. I flicked it around the corner. Nicky Shorey's come down, took me out completely. I've got up. What's wrong? And he's. We've gone face to face. Nick, you know, I've put one on his nose. He's. <laughs> gone back swung for me he's caught me gaffer's come out stop 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 right that's it everyone walk in straight into his office after we were literally talking straight away but we card shared so we literally used to drive in together and drive <laughs> oh home together God. to the car journey home <laughs> <laughs> we were literally like oh well that was eventful we had today so we literally went to the pub had a, had a drink and that next morning there's nothing obviously it was just back to normal but i love the idea he's like next thing you know i've put one on his nose like it just happened it, i don't know what was going yeah, on but it just yeah, I yeah. Found myself i'm not normally like that yeah. i've got to say to be fair not on training ground i would never i don't think i've ever had a a bust up in the changing room. Everyone yeah. was too scared of you. That's why in the changing room. But one of them was 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 the first season of the game, first se- first game of the season. We had uh, Crystal Palace. I don't know if you were the, you were at Stoke at the time, and uh, they were winning two 0 at half time. I think, and uh, I think Ryan was getting skimmed by Dwight Gale. But I thought we were dead on the pitch first game so we had a great pre-season first game we were dead on the pitch I was thinking oh something needs to happen and I thought who can I pick on to like just, <laughs> just get everyone going <laughs> so like without telling anyone I came in and I've come for Ryan 
And then me and them had a little, he was throwing bottles at me and Nevon was in between. I only did it to get, get, get him <laughs> to get going. I think we went out and got a good result in the end. I think we <laughs> drew or won in the end. And there's other times with the players and there was something with Stephen and Zonzi one time at Stoke and mm. just stupid things. Um, did but you ever tell them that reaction. you, did you ever go back and say, I only did that for a reaction? I said to him after the game, I said, I only did that to, to wind you up, so, because you were... Shit! <laughs> I was like, you, you were having one in the first half, and everyone was dead, and it was quiet. The fans were on us, and I was like, I only did it to get a reaction from you. And, and was he? Uh, and he was better second half, yeah, yeah. So it worked. And he was happy go. for you to do that. He wasn't at the <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the House of Rugby. You can hear about the rugby perspective on that is available on YouTube and as a podcast right now as well. But of course, the transfer window about to traditionally slam shut. In the Premier League, there's going to be players can go out until the end of the month, but they, yeah. play, they, the teams can't can't bring anyone else in. You look at, at at teams like Manchester United who've gone and brought Harry Maguire in, and we could talk about you know how he would fit in or whatever. But what I really want to know is if you are, for example, Chris Smalling and Harry Maguire, you see the, you see the saga going on, and you're watching what. What is going through your head as a player when you're looking at somebody who's coming in as a big transfer, going to be the most expensive defender in the world, and it's your place who's after? It's always horrible that first handshake when you, <laughs> when you see it. Every, every window is <laughs> every, every, every year it happens to me. It's totally bringing in players, but as a, as a forward player, you'd always get that at a club. So no matter what club yeah. you're at, they'll always bring in strikers and wingers, no matter what. I think defenders, you like to have a settle back for, so yeah. that's a bit more rare, but... Chris Small and Phil Jones, hundred percent. They'll be thinking, oh, well, one of us is not one of us is not playing here." And well, there's, there's, a, there's a I mean, there's five or six centre backs, isn't there at United? Yeah. So it depends on the person as well. Some of them straight away is the negative. Oh, that's me done. Then I might as well get on loan. Some of them like, oh, let's go toe to toe in training. Let's put it best does, foot add, it does add go. a little bit, doesn't it? it does oh, add a 100%. little bit to training, and, they, and, yeah. and everyone will step up. But going back to no matter what people do in pre-season, that one player. Harry Maguire's going to play some out what the other two do or how, how much deal and press and training he's going to play. But we'll, they'll be looking at, at his stats at the way that, that he's performing in pre-season and trying to outdo him. Is that what would happen? Or at least try and match, at least try and match him? Uh, that's where the politics and the, uh, the, not, I think the, the 80 million... Might, but that's that's yeah. not just... But that's, that's human nature. You would still... Yeah, even you, I mean. You, you, would, think, you lift, think, well, one of us it. is going to make way. Yeah, it's not going to be me. It. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, as Steve said, there'll be players that'll go the other way and go to the agent, go and find me a club, get me out of here now, don't want to be here. And you'll get players yeah. like that 100%. Yeah. Uh, and you'll sulk, you get players that'll just walk around and try and ruin the session, a few session yeah. records. Yeah. I, when, when it, it didn't matter what position that came in for me. Obviously, if it, was, if it was my position, you'd obviously try harder to show the person that's coming in and the manager that you want to play. But even if it was a, a striker or right, any new player that come in, I'd want to perform well in front of them to set my stall out so because obviously everyone in football talks and they'd be saying to that player oh what's he like what's he like and they'd say yeah do you know what good player like him good lad so it was a case of always putting your best foot forward didn't matter who come through the door but if it was something in your position and then there was a few friendly games in house ones you're thinking right if I get a chance to put one on him I'm going to do it I'm going to do it as well <laughs> Just make sure he might not be quite as fit as he could be. Yeah, well, <laughs> someone else. It happens, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, it does. 
How many training sessions do they get before you, you judge them? How much? Because that's what... That's what <laughs> How much? Yeah, well, that's, that's what's fair saying. Yeah, it it? Someone, yeah, someone comes in for money, the first yeah. question, as soon as you make a mistake, yeah. everyone's on them. Yeah. How much? How much you pay for you? <laughs> I think it could be the first one. Yeah. Li- I or, think it literally is the... F- I've played with players that have tried to stitch me up like, in games and I've played with in the Ireland team when I first got in and I was playing and people passing to me but throwing a wobbling ball into me as they were passing to me, I was like... I'm going to admit it, what are you doing? This is in a game as well, I was thinking. He's you trying to stitch me up. Wow. You can name names now. Trying to stitch me up in games. No, no. Uh, well, no, actually, in the games, they're, in they're firing game, balls into you. We had a game, we were playing in Italy. <laughs> we were playing in Italy um, before the Euros. I don't know if it was before the squad got announced. And we were playing a serious C team, I think. And there was a player I was playing up front with and he just kept zinging him into me. Like, from fact, I was thinking, what are you doing? I clocked, I was like... You're just trying to stitch me yeah, up here, of course, yeah. yeah. But, uh... Do you sing one back at him or not? <laughs> yeah. I just put it in the net. So, oh, <laughs> there we go. Happy days. It's but it was, uh, <laughs> all right, but it was, uh... You do, yeah, 100% it, it, it goes on. But you, but 100%. you judge them. I mean, even if it's even if it's a player who's not coming for a load of money, you, I mean, how their reputation will be cemented pretty quickly. You'll make it. You'll make a judgment quite quickly on yeah I on mean, whether you whether you rate them or not. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> If they come from abroad and you, you don't really know about them, then it's it's judged really quickly. Yeah. But are the ones that are, say, for instance, the Harry Maguire example, you know he's a top class player. Um, but when things don't go right, then then it's more the but banter. Could, then isn't but it? We could go. We could. A player could move to a big club like that mm. and then have an absolute nightmare for for six months and just not be able to cope with a big club. Mm. And it, it happens, doesn't it? Yeah. So that could happen as well, and just not be able to cope with every day going into dealing with being a, a Man United player but you are judged straight away by the players but ultimately it's only when you play ultimately it's what you, what you produce in games yeah. for me because you get players that don't train well what you said about Didier Drug but there's plenty of players like that don't train well if they produce in games doesn't you don't care what they do in training if they train and only just turn up on a Friday and then go out and play on a Saturday but go, going into a, a new club for that first day back I mean obviously if you, you know you guys will have known people at, at the clubs that, that you've been to yeah. but going in cold not knowing anybody for, for a player who's like you said might have come from abroad who may not speak the language yeah. particularly well yeah. they've got a really short time to make, a, make an impression it is literally like first first day at school it's like literally first day at new school you may know someone pencil you may, case you may, yeah, <laughs> you may know half the dressing room but still it's a new environment it's a new regime uh, new surroundings and it, it does take it does take a couple of days what to settle in take it? I, mean, I made a joke about a pencil case there and I'm like what do you take with you to take your own boots a little wash bag what, well, what do you take in it's just a black bin liner isn't black it normally bag, <laughs> your boots yeah. and your wash bag yeah. and that's yeah. all you need yeah. and you, everyone else is laid on everyone yeah. else is laid on for you what you need if you're a new player you need a night out yeah, you need that. Pre- everyone wants it as well. Pre-season night out. Yeah, towards the end of pre-season, you do all your work. You go away. Normally, go away somewhere, and all the lads are desperate. Like, when when are we having a night out yeah. to the manager? Yeah, isn't it? And the, you need the, the, that. Then weeks away. Then pre-season weeks away. They're key. They're key for team bonding as well. Especially if you've got new signs in, and then new signs. If you can get them in as early as possible, it sets. It kind of sets a stall out for that season as well because the players are. are 
within the camp, they're like, we're going for it here. Mm. And then on the opposite side, I mean, I remember when I was at Chelsea, when I signed for Chelsea that summer, it was me, Tal Ben-Ihim and Claudio Pizarro, all three transfers. So you look at it on the other foot, I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing because I'm going there. It's a massive step up for me. But then I'm thinking, well, what's Frank Lampard, what's John Terry thinking that your Man United are spending, Liverpool are spending, Arsenal might be spending, but we're getting free transfers, one from Reading, one from Bolton, I think Tal was. So it, it, it can as well have a negative um, approach as well. But going back on the positive side, you know, the ones that come in through the door that are big names, you know, it, it, it lifts everyone massively. But that, that idea of, of going into a club like Chelsea, where it's not just what the, the, the other players might think, you, you're aware of what the fans are saying as well, the rumblings of, well, we've oh, not yeah. done this in the transfer market, we've, we've not done that. Yeah. That's, that is a, as a player, how, how do you cope with, with those kind of Yeah, rumblings? I mean, the, 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 uh, that specific Chelsea experience for me, I mean, obviously it was a dream come true for me. Um, Chelsea fan, family from Chelsea, you know, I was born in Wandsworth, uh, it was huge. And then you look at obviously the signings and the, and obviously Mourinho left not long after that. And I think them signings as well was probably maybe a way, I might be wrong here, but a way of Mourinho saying, okay, if you're not going to give him money, then I'll just go out and get, you know, some some free transfers and then we'll see how we fare. Um, and it was maybe like a stick your fingers up at, at the ball to say, well, I'll, I'll try and back my magic with, with what you're going to give me. Um, so you know, there's there's always different did you, sides. Did you get that from him? In I didn't. The way that I he didn't at all. Gym? No, no. He was Joe Watt, and I, I was, he's obviously changed over the years, and we've seen how he's changed over the years. But back then, he's he's man management, and, and everyone knows what he was like when he first came on the scene. He had literally everyone in the palm of his hand, whether he was in the one to eleven, whether he was on the bench, or whether he was even out the squad. He had this knack of getting his arm around you. When it got around you, you'd, even, you'd feel like going, get, like, you know, don't come near me. But after a conversation with him, he'd know everything about the kids, the family, what's going on. And then you felt just part of the, the, of, of the, of the unit again. Um, That's the biggest thing now with teams. 25-man squads, every Premier League team. And it's not the 11 you've got to look after, oh, it's no. 14 other players. Yeah. So you get one or two, that cause a problem. That can quickly spread. A few yeah. bad results, that's, that's spread right through. Yeah. For me, yeah, know. and it's, ma- it's man management, isn't yeah. it? As well now for managers, they they need to be tactically astute. Yes, we know that, but it's now how do you deal with all the egos and all the research and the criteria that goes into signing a player? That's not just done on their performances. That's what the 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 due diligence is of. What what's the person like away from football? Is he got a family? Has he got kids? Does he go out? Has he got people around him? What's his friends like? All that's all done before. Pen- that's what Tony Pulis was well. very good at at Stoke. And it didn't matter times before I joined Stoke, uh, players ringing me up saying I've had Tony Pulis on the phone asking me about you. Yeah. I had four or five different players. Really? Uh, what did they say? What you like as <laughs> yeah. a lad. Said you were a good lad. Said you were a good lad. So, but then, but then, on the flip side of that, we had players coming at Stoke, and you're thinking, "Has no one done the research on this lad?" Like. Well, what what would what would a player who was bad in in that sense? What would they be like then? So you talk about Imbula before. Mm-hmm. Um, now I really like as a lad. He was very quiet. He, he came in the change room. Didn't didn't want to speak any English. <laughs> did he just? Uh, and then you get clicks for him straight away because you get the only French speaking lads and the only Spanish speaking lads. And well, you get everyone that sort of mixes. But then um, you just think, well, he's producing a Benfica. How oh, isn't he producing here? And then Is he, he was just Stokes record signing as he well. He was a Stokes yeah. record signing. Whether he's still there or not, I don't know. And uh, I, I missed I, him. I left just as he came in. Yeah. He was my replacement. 
But he was. <laughs> I tell you what, you could give him a ball and he'd run past eight players in training and be unbelievable. I thought he's a talent here, but then whether he didn't get the chance in a game, whether he didn't speak well enough English and he couldn't understand what what was being, I don't know. But you get players that you should do your background information yeah. a bit more on some, but others that that they don't, and you think well, you're going to spend a record amount of money on someone that hasn't fitted in. Or do you help? Do you help players when when they? Uh, the reason I'm asking is because I remember ages ago it was one of the it was one of the the Glasgow clubs. I think it was Rangers, where players would come in and instead of teaching them how to speak. Queen's English like they would have learnt at school mm. they would teach them broad Glaswegian so instead of going in and going hello please may I have a sandwich they'd be like alright can I get a piece <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and they would teach them yeah. like proper Glasgow they just and, the, and the, the, the lads who were learning it had no yeah. idea that they were being taught something that <laughs> yeah. wasn't really going to be much use to them outside of a sort yeah. of five mile radius it's pretty much going back to school isn't it like, oh, the, yeah. the first words you, you kind of learn are the swear words especially for the foreign lads <laughs> They so come over. That's the best thing you ask when you <laughs> play the Spanish team. You might say, Spanish, give me some words. I don't yeah. just say it for the sense yeah. of I'm playing against. And, uh, yeah, it's the first thing you do. But you try and help the lads that come in. You've got to. Always but Normally do, yeah. you have a captain, a club captain, and a, and a good one will always try and yeah. help. Or that, And that goes down to, go back to what I was saying about a night out. As soon as you get a night out and everyone's sort of more relaxed, you, you get that character coming out of that person and it, suddenly become a lot more relaxed around yeah. the place. And if they? they're more relaxed and they're more settled in, then they start producing on the pitch. Mm. You know, that's what ultimately that's what it's all about. But in saying that, it doesn't matter whether the transfer's 500,000 or 80 million to Harry Maguire, every transfer's a gamble, whether they're foreign or English. I mean, Harry Maguire, we know how well he, how well he can play, but that doesn't mean to say that he's going to do it at United. So there's, there's a gamble in everyone, especially the foreign lads that come over, because it, it, for me, it is the hardest league in the world. There's a lot that goes into it as well with foreign lads. There's, there's a lot more than you think. Well, not, even when I moved to Ipswich, it was a big thing for, for me, for me <laughs> and my family. It was like a new country. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, it was. It was in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. I'm like, but when they signed, they had a pack and they had like directions to different places and that was a help. But other clubs will just leave you to do it. But... If you, get did a family, family, if you get a did family, did your family settled, move with you to Ipswich? Um, I got a flat to rent, and then they came down. I only had one daughter at the time, and they moved to the flat and sort of went back over the summer. And I bought a house without even selling them. And I was like, <laughs> I bought a house. So normally that yeah, you run everything past your business, don't yeah. you? So it's, you, you don't normally do that. But so you I went home it. to your wife and I said, got, yeah, I've got, I've got a ribbon round it. So it was. Uh, and was it? And then what? I've bought but, but a house. You, on, you, like, come with, like, move down then. Well, they were going to move anyway, but, but I didn't even consult her. I was like, right, I'm <laughs> yeah. doing it. I'll just sort it. But as soon as you get the family settled, I think you get the player settled. Because if you're, yeah. if they're not settled or they live in a different part of the country, and all they're thinking about is when am I going home? When can I go back? Yeah. And I think for me, when a transfer does happen, the first person the player will meet will be the player liaison officer. Every club now has got a player liaison officer that does absolutely everything from. Obviously, looking after the family to look, uh, to find a, a, a house or an apartment to rent, getting the kids in school, for the foreign lads paying their bills, council tax, car insurance. Literally, a player now won't have to touch a thing. The player liaison officer will do everything. I'd quite like one. <laughs> I, I, I did everything myself. I didn't like yeah, that. Some, yeah, but some players, some players will do everything themselves. And some players, right? So we had Marco at Stoke. Oh, God. Yeah. And we had two, I can't remember the company that came. We had two, we had a liaison officer, but then he got. Two ladies come in. That, yep. uh, they were company. They came in and he said, "Right, we're going to look after everything." So lads were like bringing letters in, like bringing all the fines in, and can you pay them? And I was like, 
and you're just not paying them yourself. Yeah. Then they were like, oh, you... Car parking fines, anything, wasn't it? He'd us round to change a light bulb in his house, and then they had to travel, someone had to travel an hour. Is that a true story? Because I thought that was like an urban go. myth, because that's the one that sort of does the rounds as a rumour, but that's a true story. That's a true oh, story, yeah. Yeah. Had to play yeah. a liaison yeah. round to change yeah. a light bulb. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like, or, I couldn't work the cooker, didn't yeah. know what to do with the cooker, He'd never done it before. Everything was, the packaging was still in there, it was a brand new one. <laughs> had to call the plan liaison officer to come round to show him how to turn the all Who, these. Who, come on. Who couldn't work a cooker? Come that's, on. That's a problem when footballers finish. <laughs> it could so be anyone. That's a problem people, that's a problem people are going to face because they get everything done for them. Yeah. And we say, we say the first day and you have your kit, everything, food, everything, routine. But you could have, if you wanted, you could have absolutely everything done for you. And that's a problem when fin- players finish. And it's a stupid thing. Like, just small things. Mm. They don't know how to do it. Yeah. Don't know how to... Who, was, who, who never made a cup of tea? What player was that? Phil was that? Neville. Phil Neville. It was Phil Neville. Was it didn't really? make it till he Michael went into Owen the media. Well. Michael Owen had something. Wow. I think he had, well, How can Michael you not make a cup of tea? Michael Owen's thing was he'd never watched a film. Oh, because no. he couldn't oh, no. suspend disbelief for that long. <laughs> 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 that was, it was Phil Neville who couldn't make a cup of tea. He can See, now. Means, I can't have can that. Now, I can't have that. Um, but what about players who, I mean, we're talking about players coming in and, and, and them adapting. If you're in a, a, a dressing room with a player who wants to leave... Or have you ever been the player that wanted to leave and maybe agitated for a move? I'm thinking about some, you know, if, if you're Lauren Koscielny's teammate, are you thinking, I, I understand that he's maybe manoeuvring to get out of the club or are you unhappy there's at the way he's gone about it? There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. We yeah. was there for nine years, wasn't he? So he, he when he's gone, what's he done? He's took his shirt off and he... And he's got the other shirt underneath. Now I can understand if it was a Barcelona shirt, but it's not, is <laughs> yeah. it? It's, but he's. Yeah. But you don't know what's gone behind the scenes. But there's a bit of animosity behind the scenes at the club he's been at, and he might have just gone. Right, I'll do it. But then you get sh- the whole signing thing now is becoming a, a farce, isn't it? So mm. he would have gone to the new club, and he've gone. Oh, I've got a great idea. Yeah, can you do this for us? And he's at a new club as well. You also got to think yeah. if he's not big enough to say no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. He'll just do it. So that's what yeah. might have happened with him as well. There's loads that, I mean, on the training pitch, people, people have been known to boot balls around, disrupt sessions and just cause carnage. And these are like good lads. People, and, and even the players are thinking, wow, I've not seen that sort of side to him before. But he's obviously desperate to get out to, to force the move through. And now the, the player power that there is, nine times out of ten, it, it does go on. I mean, the Lukaku one, for instance, he's not even trained, is he really? All pre-season hasn't played a... Met a lot of pre-season game, I don't think either. And now he's out in Andelect and not even gone well, back. What would you think if, if that was your team? Not necessarily Lukaku, because you don't. We don't no, know everything that's, that's gone on there. But if it was your teammate who was who was behaving in a way that was I, disruptive, like I that. think there's a lot to say player power. But I think the clubs ultimately, if a club, if you get a chairman that wants to leave you and say, right, you'll sit there and not play yeah. for you. It's happened. The lads at Wolves years ago happened to them, and they yeah. were they were in the bomb squad. There's always a bomb squad <laughs> or a Monday session, isn't yeah. there? There's always a Monday club. What's the Monday club? The Monday clubs are lads that don't play on a Saturday. They got <laughs> yeah. the extra on a Monday, but you always get like a few. But that's quite a good group, isn't it? Yeah. But you always get some players that are moaning or or something. You, you never really know what goes on behind the scenes. Um, one when I was leaving Ipswich, so from the moment I joined. Um, People were trying to sign me, and it was close to home, and I was like in the middle of nowhere. But then I had a great time at Ipswich. But every transfer window, people were coming in, and we, Jimmy Jilton was the manager at the time. And then I was like, "You're turning down four or five million moves to go to the Premier League." And I think it was twenty-seven, twenty-eight at the time. And I was thinking, "I'm not going to get the chance to play again." 
a thing with him, but he ended up staying fine and carried on. Then Roy Keane came in. I remember we played over in Cork and uh, I had a nightmare in a game. I think we all did. And he came, normal came in. It was one of his first games. Absolutely battered on you. He like, came to me and he's like... Phew. Four and a half million for you. <laughs> Chop his arm off with it. If someone came in with me for that, I was thinking, oh, great, yeah, okay, fantastic. First game in, thinking that. But then, obviously, I came on, did really well, carried on, ended up being captain there. And then other clubs are still coming in for me. And I was thinking, oh, you know, I was getting a little bit older and I was like, we weren't doing too well in the league. And to go and play Premier League football and I've been at Ipswich four or five years and to move near home, um, you might not get that chance again. So, like, I had a knock on the door. Can I, can I uh, have a word? And that, you know, I know clubs are coming in for me. He's like, "How do you know?" <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Like, clubs are coming in because you're not meant to know, but you do know. And he says, uh, "Well, if someone comes in the right offer, I'll let you go." Basically, but only if they match our valuation. So that was going on for like two or three weeks. Would so. they tell you what the valuation was? No. A mystery valuation. Yeah. Yeah. Match our valuation. It'll change last minute yeah. as well. So, it's like those running tests that you were talking on. about earlier. On. I, I'm not going to tell you how many there are. There's yeah. gonna... And you're not meant to know what's going on. So that's where agents come in, and it's yeah. like they know and they speak to agents. So it all goes on. Everyone knows. So then I knock on the door again. I think this was the second time I knocked, and then uh, it was. I told you once. Like, I'm not going to tell you again. Like. And, Unless they meet our valuation, and they haven't met our valuation, so you're not going. And then I said, I must have, I can't remember what I said to him. It was, I can't remember. Go on. I was like, uh, I said, it was like, oh, piss off or something. Fucking, like, it's a fucking joke. I was like, this is a fucking joke, this. Like, if they're going on, like, I know what they bid. And he's like, uh, who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> I was like, the I, you turn. know what? And I was like, but then it switched me, and I was like, I'm talking to you, basically. It was like, <laughs> and he's like, right. So then for the next 15, 20 minutes, he took his watch off, jumper off. We were head to head in his office, <laughs> like kids. And this went on, I said, 10 or 15 minutes. I won't go into everything what was said now. That's probably for another time. It was like 10 <laughs> or 15 minutes, came back, went to go out again, said something else, came back in, back head to head. All sorts of threats were going on. And then... I left well, the threats, office what, then. Like threats against each other or threats that I'm going to do this at the club or I'm going to... No, it was just more me and him. Just you, just head to head. Just it was just two. more me to him. Yeah. <laughs> just that one way. It was just way. more me to him. And yeah. then it was... Uh, and then... That's brave. Basically the next day. <laughs> very brave. Well, no, not, 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 for, not for me. I, like, for me... Yeah, he was a good player. He was a good tackler and all that. But he wasn't... He's only a... He's not someone to be scared of for me. <laughs> I know people to be scared. He's not someone to be scared of, for me anyway. So I was like, that, all that was said in the in the in the conversation we had, and then I went out the office, and then I was like, all the lads could hear what was going on, and they were like, <laughs> can't believe you just. <laughs> and then I was like, right, okay, it's done now. And then uh, all the lads went out training. And I think I got told straight with the kids, and I was running around like sort of. Half thinking, oh, and what have I done? But half like laughing to myself, and they all knew what was going on. The next day was gone. 
really similar to when I left Sky Sports News. <laughs> You're listening to Liquid Football, brought to you by Joe, together with Paddy Power, with me, Kelly Cates, alongside John Walters and Steve Sidwell. Still to come, we can look forward to the start of a brand new Premier League season. First, though, a reminder that you can download TKO with Carl Frampton right now, and we did think they'd be talking about his fight this weekend until disaster struck. I just feel like a weight. I've been away from my kids and summer holidays, they've been off school, I've been away. Um, I just feel like an absolute waste, man. An absolute waste. And money down the drain. Probably got to 30k in a training camp. Um, but out here in Philly, about three in a bit weeks now. Um, and nothing, nothing to show for it. The plan was to have this fight and fight for a world title. Yeah. So the plan is now still to fight for a world title. This fight has not happened. It hasn't happened for whatever reason. I'm not getting any younger. No. I don't want to be sitting around waiting here. I just want to, I want to, I want to, I want to be involved in big fights. I want to go straight back into a big, a big title. He broke two bones in his hand in a freak accident while drinking coffee in a hotel lobby. Hear the full story and where Carl Frampton goes next on the latest episode of TKO, available now. On Liquid Football, though, John Walters and Steve Sidwell. And we're going to start looking ahead to a brand new Premier League season, a brand new manager at your old club, Chelsea, and it's a man you know, Frank Lampard. With Mm. that inability to register new players, did it seem like a... A sensible approach for a man who you know how, what his relationship is yeah. with the club is like. Yeah, I think it's a perfect fit straight away. Of I think if you be honest, I think Frank would probably admit it. It's come too early in his managerial career. We know that. Um, what he done last year at Derby was was fantastic, considering the the budget they had to cut, the tools of of getting loan signings in um, worked very well. But when you get an opportunity like that, you don't turn it down. And then what he's done so well is obviously the, the group that he's got with him. So he's obviously he's got Jody with him, Jody Morris that has worked at Chelsea for what five, six years beforehand, knows the whole youth system inside out, promoted Joe Edwards, again, fantastic coach, knows all them uh, young players, not only their ability technically, tactically, but mentally as well, can they deal with it? Because a lot of managers will go into new clubs and, and see the player, but don't know the player. So you've got obviously Frank at the head of it that was obviously, uh, again, tactically astute, but he, he wants to be an out-and-out manager. We know that. That's why he's got Jody and Joe Edwards to do the coaching from day to day and he'll give his he'll give his input. But I think it'd be a blessing in disguise, especially if you're a youngster there now. You know, you're thinking, I've been waiting for this opportunity to try and get in the first team. If I can't get it now, then I'll never get it. You know, especially the, the likes of... You know, Rhys James there has got a great chance. Mason Mount. Um, Tammy Abraham. Tammy Abraham, he's going to, you know, he's got a great uh, chance to stake a claim. Uh, Hudson-Odoi, obviously he's going there with Hudson-Odoi and Loftus-Cheek that are injured, injured which isn't yeah. a great start. But for me, Loftus-Cheek is, he could be anything that he wants to. Um, but even Ross Barkley's meant to been on fire in pre-season He's, been, he's done, well, really well, done really yeah. well, yeah. And you could see, like, coming in with someone that knows him, put an arm around him. Oh, definitely. But then, definitely. You got, then above Frank, though, you've got Peter Cech as well. Which, which, is, like which I think is brilliant. I think that's brilliant. Like he'll be the link between the, the, the chairwoman, is it? What, Marina uh, Grenfell. Yeah. yeah. So the, he'll be the link, but he obviously knows. We'll know both sides of it now. Yeah. So he'll be someone to lean on as well, and will yeah. help with all things. Yeah. So McAlealy's yeah. come back in the fold, hasn't he? We know uh, Paulo Ferreira was doing the loan signings as well. So 
listen, there's a there's a lot of old school that's 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 come back and that's working behind the scenes that was all there in their glory days. You know, it was you know when they was a real uh, a threat in the Premier League and in, and obviously in Europe as well. But I think with Frank, he's got that mentality. You know, going into him deep. You know, the way he was as a player. Um, you know he's going to be feeling pressure as a manager, but he felt pressure as a player. You know, how many times have you seen him step up to take penalties for Chelsea, winning penalties in massive games, especially for his country as well. So it's going to be a different type now that you're on the other side of the line, but it's going to be a, 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 a similar type because they're all big games. Every game now is going to be big, and he's going to be judged from the word go as well. It'll be judged. I think it'll work, but it'll take time to work. Give him a bit of time to work. But that would have been the stipulation when he yeah, yeah. So I think it, it will work the way mm. the way they're doing it, similar to like an Ajax sort of mould where you bring in the ex-players, technical directors, and you have everyone working together, people that know each other, because at clubs, when new managers come in and you have a sports oh, scientist, you have the stats guard, you might want to bring their own physio in, mm. and there's clashes, yep. isn't there? So if he yep. knows the club, I think it'll work. If you're a Chelsea fan and, and you look at it and you think, to go into the into the club with all those those legends around, you can understand that the excitement from from that perspective. But as a young player, what do you get out of it? What do you get out of being around like in your, in your like a Vieira or an Henri or or someone like that? It's just living life properly, especially nowadays. The kids nowadays have to be athletes. You know, they are naturally fit. We know that, but to be at the the very highest level, you just got to watch. You got to study. When I went to Chelsea, I went to Chelsea when I was twenty four. And I still learnt loads then from the season that I was there of different types of players on and off the pitch, how to conduct yourself, little flicks, little tricks, just watching, studying. Um, I improved tenfold. What kind of things did you learn then? Oh, just little, like, I mean, like the African lads, for instance, like Mikel, I'd be Mikel, would always, he'd always wrangle out of tight situations. It was never, a, sometimes it, it, players think they need to pass the ball, but it's always now about little flicks. You know, little, sometimes if someone sticks a leg out, sometimes the best way to get over it is just flicking the ball over. Um, JT, obviously, the way to conduct yourself, you know, around the pitch, how to be a leader, uh, an arm around a shoulder, kick up the backside to someone else, watching Lampsy day in, day out. I mean, I've never seen someone train as hard as him. You know, the, the, the hours that he put in and all the goals that he scored throughout his career, it's not a fluke. It's down to the hours that he's put in, left and right foot, one side of the box, the other side of the box, balls being fizzed at him, knowing when to take a touch, when not to. Uh, you know, all these little one, two percents, these all add up. And these will add up to, 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 to make you into a top player. Another multiple Premier League winner, Wayne Rooney, is off to Derby. And something that nobody saw coming, I think, he's going to go at the end of, of the MLS season and, and go and join them in, in January as player coach to go in and, and learn from Philip Koku and to to also give give his knowledge, I imagine, to the players, but he, he still wants to be able to to contribute as, as a player. I find it as a bit of an odd one because I thought he would have went back to possibly a Premier League club. If he's gone back to a championship club. He's not managing, he's player coach. Now is he is he gonna is he gonna have a, an opportunity to go into management with them or something like that? Is there something lined up? There's a bit of a funny thing about it. So, a few couple of months ago, someone said to me there was a sniff of him going back to Man United in January. And from that to going to Derby for me, if, if that was, if there was something in that, and there was a bit of truth in that, and to go into Derby, it's a, it's a, there's a big difference. Whether it, whether it's a family thing, whether they just want to move back, I don't know. But I'm sure he would have had other options. Yeah, he's fit enough. He looks fit enough. I mean, I watch some of the MLS games. People say you can't compare the MLS to obviously. 
the Championship or obviously the Premier League here. But but he looks won, fit. A, he's won got, over a lot of the the fans in DC United, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, no, he had the, the, he he didn't go out there for a holiday. That's for sure. But that, but there was that sort of that sense that he was being like putting himself out to pasture to yeah. go and give himself. But that's that's. I don't not think you can get away with that no, nowadays. What's happened, no, you know? you, and you can't get away with the Championship nowadays. Championship changed from what it was five, six years ago. The championships, yeah, completely different. The lads there, uh, the fitness levels are unbelievable. Um, when I went to Ipswich for that, for that time, they yeah. were they was that was some of the hardest training. Um, I did, it's some some of the hardest training, and and they are players who are who are just they're all aspiring they're, to be Premier so League players. To that. As well. Yeah, that's what I was trying so, to say. They're, so, they're so close to that. Whereas you used to get the biggest thing for me when I went from Ipswich to Stoke, stood in that Stoke tunnel and I was probably the smallest everyone was like six foot three massive and that wasn't just Stoke every Premier League team was the same and it's changing a bit now but all those la- the difference between the Championship and the Premier League was that for me it was the physicality and the the quickness of it but I think the Championship's catching up and there's so many big clubs there to there that, that a team's coming down and there's a lot of money going into it as well so for me there's not that but still though even you know like you said if there was this chance that he could have gone back to Manchester United, he's he's at Derby now, and the sense of excitement. You see, Mel Morris, the owner, he looks like a school kid. He's giddy about the fact that that Wayne Rooney's going to be going there. Yep. The reports, you know, from from inside the the training ground, are that all the players, when he went in to visit them, are all really excited that he's he's going to be there. He takes that that presence and and that history. He'll hope that there's still plenty more to to come. But he takes all of that all of that with him. Are you surprised that? How excited everybody seems to be about him going there. It's, it's, well, it's Wayne Rooney. Well, what he brings, and, and it, he hasn't just gone to the MLS and stopped. He's carried no. on with the yeah. goals he scored, yeah. and then he had a showcase the other day, and the yeah. technique he has, and if he is still as fit, he'll go in there. And what he brings around it as well, it'll be... They'll be manic there yeah. constantly. The, yeah. the publicity they'll get from a derby and what he'll bring to that club will be will be huge. Yeah. But he's got to produce. Ultimately, I, it'll go down to he's got to yeah. produce still. I think he'll. I think he's going to play, be playing. I think this this player coach. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a player this season. And then in the in his off time, you know, he'll be going into the manager's office and maybe just getting little, yeah. little just snippets of why have we done this, why have we done that, and then because once you start doing that. I, started, I, I did, found this yeah. when I started doing my badges because I done mine when I was playing. You look at football completely different. You look at training sessions completely different. You look at games completely different. When you, and even when you're at home and you're watching games, you don't tend to watch the ball. You tend to be watching everything around it. The so, only thing is, though, if you go into a club and you're part of that coaching staff, but you're a player. So that's why I think I, I think it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, but that's why I think he's dividing himself. Yeah. I think he's going to be a player. I think he's going to be a You've player. Got to be. I don't think he can go in as a coach and then no, come in the dressing I, room and be one of the lads. Yeah. I don't think he will anyway. But yeah. uh, does quite it help that he's coming in new as a as a player coach that he doesn't have to make that transition from yes. being one of the yeah. squad to because it can change yeah. and there uh, you've got to be careful then because the players players love a moan, don't they? Yeah, everyone moans whether <laughs> yeah. it means something or not when they change yeah. room. If you like, if, if someone was a coach, you you'd be careful what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, just make sure it doesn't, yeah. doesn't doesn't go past any ears that might not want to hear it. Um, very quickly, predictions for this season in terms of Manchester City and Liverpool. The Paddy Power title odds: City nine to four on, Liverpool eleven to four. Does that sound about right? I don't see anyone getting past City again. City for me. I don't. I just for me, what it comes down to is. 
can the players match Pep's desire because you can see what he's like especially if we've seen this season now they've won games of three or four or five or six nil and he's still one of these players now it's down to the players can they keep matching that and and dominate English football because that's what they've done the last two seasons I think Liverpool I think they're going to fall short City for me 100% um, I can't see anyone pass them same as you yeah. I think Liverpool I think they probably do well in Europe again I just think over a season but they had an unbelievable year last year. They like, just can't it, repeat that I, year. They lost one game then, last season. Then, and you could have said that City wouldn't repeat the season before yeah. and then and then went almost close, almost yeah. exactly close exactly. to, to repeating it again. Whether Tottenham, who knows what will happen between now and a window shutting, whether they sign a few and they, and they <laughs> go for it again. But I think City's squad and just little things you hear from the, the City camp and you, like, you know the way Liverpool play, like it's quick counter-attack and then... I went on my B license in the summer uh, down in Wales, and we had a we had a guy from City there, and he just he was just speaking about different formations and how they play, and it's some some things you wouldn't believe, like yeah. what they do, and obviously yeah. it can be analysed to death. And I, I I still didn't know that's how they do things and the reason why they do them, mm. and it's always like a few steps ahead because he's not going to get isolated on his own in defence, and it's like unbelievable. Yeah, mm. we might come back to that. No, we're not giving away any trade secrets, but at some stage over the next few weeks, we might well come back to that. We're going to move on now, though, to our Paddy's Punt Challenge. We'll have a different challenge every week. One of you will win £250 for the charity of your choice. Let's see how the boys got on. In this week's Paddy Punt Challenge, we're going to be asking the general public, do you know this man? I've got a massive photo of Stephen Sidwell, a.k.a. Ben Watson. And I've got a picture of Sir John Walters, a.k.a. Just for Men. Quickest one to get recognised wins. Good luck. Excuse me. Do you know who this man is? No, I don't. I know. You sure? But he's but he looks familiar. <laughs> who does he look like? Nicky Butt, is it? Close, but no cigar. Excuse me, sir. Can I ask you a question, please? Do you recognise this man? You haven't got a clue. Would you like to have a guess? No. Do you know who this guy is? No. No. Some sort of sportsman. Could be. Good answer. I like that answer. Good. Do you recognise this man? I don't know. Where, where are you from? I'm from Ireland and this is Joe, but so I should know. This this is Sir John Sir John Walters. Does that ring a bell? No. No, football player? No. No. I feel really bad now. Uh, he will he he's gonna feel gutted. Who does he look like? Chairs in the off Coronation Street? Oh yeah, slightly, don't he? Does. Yeah. It's not him though, no, it's not yeah. him. Thank you though. <laughs> Thank you. Excuse me, do you know do you know this man? No. no. Never seen him before? No? no? No idea. Thank you very much. Could it be someone else? Um I thought at first it could be Ben Watson. I think it's the same person, you know. Well done, pal, you won. Thank you very much. Just ask a question. Do you recognise this man? No. Not at all? <laughs> Not at all. No. Sorry. You've got to take a guess. Uh, footballer. That's very good. <laughs> That's all I can say. Okay, thank you very much for your time. Oh, I don't. No idea at all. Does anyone know who this guy is? Well, there's ten people. No. Do you recognise this man? Look at it, study it. Do you recognise him? So there you have it. John Walters is officially the most famous player on liquid football, at least according to the good people who walked past Joe HQ a little bit earlier on. Uh, Paddy Power also giving you as winner a £250 free bet to add to the £250 that you already have won for your charity. So has anything caught your eye this weekend? I think I'm going to go with the heart here. I think I'm going to go for Everton away at Crystal Palace. I'm there 11 to 8. Go on, what, what are the head reasons then? The head reasons? Yeah. No, I'm just going home. <laughs> no, the head reasons. They've got some team, Everton, and they're spending a lot of money, and they're building it, 
and I went through the team last year, and every position was like thirty million pounds signing, forty, fifty million pounds signing. So they're throwing a lot of money at it, and I think it's only a matter of time before before it clicks with them. And they've had a, a good pre-season. And hopefully, they'll they'll kick on first win of the season away at Palace. Well, Liquid Football is a new show brought to you by Joe together with Paddy Powell. We're a YouTube show and a podcast, so if you've got anything nice to say, it would be lovely if you would leave us a review. Don't forget to download and watch our boxing show, TKO with Carl Frampton, and the new series of House of Rugby with James Haskell. Thank you very much to John and to Steve, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Liquid Football on Joe, sponsored by Paddy Powell.